Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Different story. Jackie's here. Jackie, did you miss me? Didn't make it last week. Did you miss me? God, was that a week ago? It seems like about a year ago. What a week. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, my son's birthday, wasn't it, last week? Um, well, my actually, I'm on Facebook, am I? Is it working? I don't know. You would think I would know, wouldn't you? You would think a man of my caliber. I'm, I'm thinking it's on. I'm thinking Facebook is on. We are on. We're a go. This is happening now. So, um, yeah, what are we? I tell you, do you know what? Mercury's in retrograde. And I am not joking. I am thinking, seriously thinking of um, not operating while Mercury's in retrograde. I'm seriously thinking of, of of just of just blanking those bits of my diary out when Murray, Mercury's in retrograde. I don't know if you're feeling it. Um, it came to my attention a few years ago when a patient um, was was talking about it. She was doing remote Reiki, um, which I thought remote Reiki. You know, Reiki the thing with the where they move. You know, make their hands. But she was doing remote Reiki, so she could do remote. She could do Reiki from where she was to someone far away. I thought, oh, yeah, right. Um, and she was talking about Mercury retrograde and things, and I thought, yeah, yeah. But uh, since then, you know, things happen, and I usually do it in reverse. I usually think, oh, I wonder if Mercury is in retrograde. And more often than not, you look, and it is indeed in retrograde, and Mercury is currently in retrograde, and I have reason to believe. Actually, today, I think I'm right. I haven't, I haven't checked, but I think it's coming out of retrograde today. I think Mercury is so let's have a party, okay? Because Mercury is coming out of retrograde today. So I um, can start operating again. <clears throat> Not that I had stopped during it being in retrograde. But anyway, yeah, seems like a long time ago last week. But I know you've missed me and I'm sorry that I wasn't here, but I'm here now. This is happening, this is real. And so I am looking for a look at that. Um, Facebook is working because Donna's on Facebook. Hi, Donna. Uh, not watched you for a while. How are you? Donna, I am. Um, I'm very well. I'm very well. And I wasn't here last week, but I was here the week before. And I have been here, I think. Um, but um, nice to see you. So let's get into it. Let's get some questions going on. I've got a question here. If anyone's got any questions, chip in um, because it is uh, always nice to have a bit of interaction. So my first question is, uh, well, not really a question, more a statement. Hi, Louise. Louise says, hello. Uh, welcome back. I've got lots of, Donna's got lots of questions. Get them in, Donna. Get them in, girl. Um, I'm going to get cracking. Donna, you do get your questions in and anyone else can get their questions in if they so um, desire. So um, just I'm just going to kick things off, really, with can I have an areola reduction if I already have implants? Yes, you can. So it is quite common for people to want to have something to the 
colloquially it's known as the nipple um um medically speaking we call it the nipple areola complex so people tend to refer to the nipple as the whole area but the nipple is really the bit of the minute the bit in the middle and the areola is the bit around the outside so can i have an areola reduction which means the bit around the outside is too big at the time of a breast uh, implants absolutely fine no problem at all um so the two things that we do to the nac the nipple areola complex or at least the two things we commonly do is an areola reduction and an inverted nipple repair so then the, the areola is too big or the nipple is not sticking out so those are the two um, things that we do to them and you can have surgery to your nipple areola complex at the time of a breast having breast implants no problem at all in my book i think most people think well i don't know but anyway in my book you can um the question so that that the answer to the question yes you can have an area reduction when you're having um, implants the question often arises when you're looking at things like mastopexies and breast reductions which are similar types of operations and both of them re re, um, require the nipple areola complex to be moved so in terms of an areola reduction now an areola reduction is integral with a breast reduction or a mastopexy so if you don't like the size of your areola often when your breasts are very large the areola is also quite large so it is actually part of an, 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 a breast reduction slash mastopexy and you don't have to ask for it you can certainly talk if you if you're interested in having it a certain size we, you you know we can certainly talk about that but it's it is actually part of a uh, breast reduction or a mastopexy the only issue really or the only uh, controversy i guess is an inverted nipple correction with a breast reduction or a mastopexy as i say an inverted nipple correction is fine with a uh, breast implants but with a mastopexy or breast reduction that is a little bit more dubious and that is because you're moving the nipple when you're doing a mastopexy or a breast reduction and when you move the nipple you worry about the vascularity of the nipple you worry about the blood supply to the nipple so some people myself included are a bit worried about messing about with that nipple and doing a little inverted nipple correction so i would actually be concerned about doing an inverted nipple correction at the time of a mastopexy or a breast reduction and i would probably well not probably i would advise you to um, leave it to uh, later and have your breast reduction or your mastopexy and then later on consider an inverted nipple correction if you wanted um, so that's the only one where there's controversy and that's an inverted nipple correction with a mastopexy or a breast reduction so an inverted nipple or an areola reduction with breast implants is fine and an areola reduction with a mastopexy or breast reduction is an integral part of the surgery um so we thought i'd expand a bit on that question you know just give you a bit more give you more value a bit more background oh god what's going on oh, the, oh hold on hold on i've got questions welcome back lots of questions here we go donna donna's donna one. Oh my god she's numbered them one i am wondering if i have lipedema on my legs i've asked a few surgeons but no response okay jade's interspersed do you have clinics around the current area so jade no we don't um well basically the only clinic is in birmingham really i used to do clinics in london but it was just a bit too much to go london up, up and down from london so all the the clinic is in birmingham it's in the edge baston in birmingham um, jade so all the patients come to birmingham um, I would say at the moment, uh, but to be honest with you, I'm trying to consolidate my work rather than traveling around all over the place. So um, I haven't got any immediate plans to expand out. And if I did, it would be the London, the London I would open up again 
but um, um, which obviously would be better for Kent. But uh, at the moment, Jade, it's just Birmingham, I'm afraid. Two. Oh, Donners, so you had best be on the ball. Two, oh, two Donners. So. <laughs> right. Listen, Donna T, don't do two because Donna one has done. Or is she calling herself Donna one? Oh, I thought she was. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. What's going on here? So is that part two of Donna Lambert's question, or is this Donna T's calling herself Donna two? Two Donners in the, I don't know if we can cope with two Donners. I don't know if you can. Prima Donna is enough. Um, Donna Lambert, would you recommend anywhere to research properly? Are you talking about lipedema again now? Uh -huh. Hi, Donna. Um, Donna, the if you're talking about lipedema, there is a... Um, surgeon called Anne Dancy who works in Birmingham who uh, who does a lot of work with lipedema and it is really her thing she she's she's taking it on and run with it so uh, I would recommend at least looking Anne up because um, she has really um, uh, focused a lot of her work on lipedema so that would be my advice uh, Donna and it's not something that many surgeons have a huge experience of because it's not a very common problem uh, Lipedema is not a common problem. That's why you need people who sort of specialize in it because they're going to see proportionally more cases than a normal plastic surgeon who would hardly hardly see any um, Would you see someone for a thigh lift if they were having investigations on an arm issue? 10 MPO arm lift 10 MPO Excessive lipo, some nerve damage and lymphedema in one being dealt with now. Well, how long would you expect to wait before beginning thigh lift treatment? Thanks. 10 MPO. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting from this, Donna, is, what, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying is you've got a problem with your arm lift. You've, got, you've had excessive lipo and some nerve damage, and now you've got lymphedema. Uh, and so the question, correct me if I'm wrong on this. So the question is, would you then go on and do a thigh lift if you're having investigations for problems following an arm lift? Um, the answer to that, Donna, is I probably wouldn't. And Donna, if I was you, I probably wouldn't want to take on the risks with a um, an arm lift because all this surgery has risks, as you know. Sorry, I wouldn't take on the risks of a thigh lift, as you know, because you're having the problems with the um, with your arms. So no, if you're in the middle of healing from your arms and you've got lymphedema and nerve damage i don't uh, i wouldn't advise you to have a thigh lift because you might get lymphedema and nerve damage with your thigh lift and there where then would then where would you be arms legs that'd be in a pretty pretty bad way so i would say no donna i would get the the arm sorted oh 10 mpo 10 months post-op huh 10 mpo months post-op could be could be any other suggestions what 10 mpo could be um, anyway, yeah, and again, ten months post-op isn't much, Donna. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do your thigh lift. Is it me or is this, this desk creaking? Oh, I can't make it creak now. Um, anyway, so want to do that? It doesn't creak. Want to do that? It creaks. Okay, whatever. Work, push on, professional. Yeah, that's what we do. Um, Donna three. Uh, would is sorry. Is it common to have fluid? Build up in lower back after 360 body lift 10 MPO. So Donna, are you saying you've had a 360 degree body lift and an arm lift at the same time? I had lipo there too, but above the V scar, V scar, 
recently seems like a fluid buildup or fat buildup, but I was under the impression you were more likely to gain fat in other areas post-lipo rather than the same area. Sorry, I told you there's loads. Um, months post-op, good. So MPA, um, okay, well, Donna, crikey, so you've had a 360-degree lift and an arm lift. You've got lymphedema following the arm lift and nerve damage, and you've got, I'm not sure where the V-scar is on a 360-degree body lift. It's usually a circumferential. Is it the front V? Do you mean sort of above your arms? I don't know where the V would be. Um, anyway, we'll gloss over that. Fluid buildup or fat buildup. So at 10 months, at 10 MPO, Donna, um, I would say that it well may it may well be fluid. I mean, a three to sixty degree lift is a huge, huge op, and so oh here we go. Lower back buttock lift part of it equals V scar. There you go. Um, you know what, Donna? It's hard. I, it's, this stuff is really hard for me to talk about because you need to talk to your surgeon. What's your surgeon said? Is this a, I had lipo there too. You, want to, you need to talk to your surgeon, Donna, because this is quite specialist work and quite pers sort of personal, as in different surgeons or different things. Because personally, I wouldn't do lipo at the time of a 360-degree lift, personally. You know, I wouldn't lipo that skin flap that I'm putting down. So you're saying you've had lipo at the time of your lift. So I wouldn't actually do that. Um, uh, but if you, uh, And the other thing I would say is when you're doing a 360, when you're going all the way around front and back, You've got to remember they're working against each other. The back, uh, you know, if you make the back really tight, that's putting tension on your front. If you make your front really tight, that's putting tension on your back. So when you do a 360-degree lift, you focus on the front. You know, the general rule is you focus on the front. You get the maximum um, from the from the front bit of the tummy tuck because that's the bit you can see. You can't see the bit of the back. So you always focus more on the front than the back when you're doing a 360-degree lift. And so there might be more fullness on the back. There might not be as quite as much taken off the back. Well, there definitely wouldn't be as much taken off the back than there would have been off the front um, because you're always trying to maximise the result from the front because they two work each against each other. You can't maximise the result on the front and the back because otherwise what position, you know, if you want to do a maximum removal of tissue from the back you'd be arched back like that which would be loads of tension on your tummy so you you know you 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 usually come out with a 360 degree lift bent forward and so you you've got to be careful about how much you take off the back because um obviously if you take too much off the front you can't close the back and it'll open up so you know it's it's really hard because because it's up to your surgeon what they've done but uh, as a general rule um I would take less off the back than the front. So there might be a bit of there, but 10 months post-op, I would say it might well still be swelling because 10 months is, it's a long time, but a 360 degree lift is such a big op. It can take an awful long time for everything to fully settle. Uh, what have we got here? Lower back, lower back buttock lift part of it equals V-scar. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I had a lot. I had a lot. My surgeon isn't amazing at responding. He does the 360, but it goes down into the middle of the buttocks. He's damaged my arm and not helping, so I'm unable to go back. I've seen Dan Marsh and Manu sued in person to get advice and quite a few online in Karen's support group. And I don't mean the nerves or lymph tissue. I know that's a risk, but I had too much fat removed from my arm, which has caused issues confirmed by two surgeons. 
Makes sense. Yes. Well, you've seen good surgeons there, Donna. Dan Marsh and Manu Sood are both fully trained plastic surgeons. Um, so you've done well seeing those two. They're, they're both, um, you know, well-known surgeons. So that's that's good. And I hope, you know, and you can't beat an in-person consultation. Um, and it is a problem. And, and it is a real problem with all this surgery. You know, Donna, we're not trying to do things badly, but sometimes things don't work out well. And particularly with body contouring of the arms and thighs. So um, particularly arms, because you make that straight line down there um, with an arm lift. Personally, I do the same sort of incision on a thigh. I do a big straight line down the medial aspect of the thigh. And when, you, when you've got a circumferential thing, it is quite hard because you have to take into account the circumference of the of of the thing of the arm let's just say arm it works the same for thigh but let's just work that arm you have to take into account the, the circumference so when you think oh i got all this i hate it i hate all this on my arm if you just cut out and think right there i'm gonna cut that and cut that and you think i'm gonna do a straight line between the two you'll get a shark bite you'll you'll take out too much you get a shark bite you get a contour regularity and taking out too much is worse than taking out too little. Um, we're trying to make it perfect every time, but there's always a risk that you might take out too much, or you might take out too little. If you take out too much, it can look tight, It can the wound can break down, you can get problems, as you found, with the lymphedema, you can get problems with nerves, etc., etc., and it can cosmetically not look great because the arm doesn't have a natural contour. The arm is supposed to be wider than the forearm, so your arm is supposed to have a natural sort of... a natural um you know that that's supposed to be wider than that so you don't if you, if you make it sort of narrower or as as, as wide it, it looks wrong so it is a risk taking away too much when you do this sort of surgery and as i say i would be more worried about taking away too much than too little because obviously if you take away too little then people say oh, i've still got this and you haven't done a good job so you're trying to always make everybody happier and you want to make it perfect and we're always aiming to make it perfect but um it's hard <laughs> and, and I, you know i don't know who i don't know who your surgeon is and but i'm sure your surgeon was trying to make it right and do it properly but uh, it's very difficult if they have taken away too much it's a very difficult problem and it's uh it's a problem with the job but they should be you look at what did you say they're not very good at looking after you you know they should really be looking after you your, your surgeon should be trying their best to to, to help you out with this and um uh, and it is difficult. You've had to go to, to other surgeons, etc. And also talking to me about it now, you know, it's really best if you're uh, if the guy that you did it did it with um, would help you out because that's a big op you've had there, Donna. Um, 360 degree lift and arm lift is a big, big combo. Uh, I really appreciate your advice and comments. Thank you. Manu has been amazing. I'm under his care for my arm at the minute, but I'm barraged him with questions when I saw him, so I felt bad, bad asking irrelevant area questions that's exactly what manu said the contour is shocking it's skin on muscle oh, my arm looks like a drumstick upper arms smaller than my wrist yeah oh god you know they were trying to do it right weren't they they were trying to they were trying to yeah and that is uh that is a problem donna and that is a problem with as i say with this surgery and and, and you know it's something that we you know we work hard at because you, you don't want to think oh i'm going to make this person happy and take a big bit of the, the arm off because if that happens then that is bad and um i'm sorry that's happened to you donna and i'm glad that manu sued is looking after you as i say he's a very well 
known, very well-respected surgeon. I trained in Chelmsford, uh, where where um, Manu Sood was was there when I was there, and it's a brilliant unit, really brilliant. <clears throat> so, um, so sorry to listening attentively to your other questions. No, it's Donna. I'm sorry you're having problems, and good luck with everything. And give my love to Mr. Sood if he remembers me. It'd be lovely to um, to, to say hello. So. Um, how much does uh, uplift cost roughly? Oh, God. Does anyone know? Is anyone on who's had an uplift who knows? Um, I don't know. Uh, roughly, I'm going to say £6,000. I'm going to say roughly, Toby. Um, £6,000, Toby. I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't know is the answer. Um, and certainly with me it depends on which surgeon you see and things like that but uh but but i, th I think it's i think it's more than five and less than ten if that helps do you have to have scarring yes toby you have to have scarring with an uplift i'm afraid if we could do yeah yeah there is a way so is there so we're on instagram now facebook if you're wondering who i'm talking to i'm talking to toby is there a way to avoid anchor scar yes there is a way to avoid anchor scar so an anchor scar goes round the nipple down and, and also in the fold and a lot of people well no one likes it toby no if, if you said to anyone do you want that scar you know i've got an option do you want that scar or do you or do you not want the scar or do you want less scarring well less scarring or do you want more scarring everyone's going to go well i have less scarring please i don't want that scarring and that is the problem with the breast lift a breast lift does give scarring and the scarring is on the front of the breast uh, in in um, uh, different to a breast implants where the scarring under the fold uh, here so you can't really see the scar when you when you do breast implants and the reason for the scar being more obvious is because you have to move the nipple when you do a breast uplift an integral part of a breast uplift is moving the nipple the nipple's in a low place and it moves up to a high place and anytime you move the nipple you've got to make a scar around the nipple and so um that means you've got to have a scar on the nipple. So every way you do a breast a breast up, if you've got a scar on the nipple, so that's a given. Um, you can do it with just a scar, so you can avoid an, an ankle lift. So an ankle lift is round the nipple down and in the fold. So you can have uh, what's called a lollipop or circumvertical, which is around the nipple and just down. So you avoid the horizontal, and you can have a circumareola, so-called Benelli lift, where you just have it around the nipple. So they all have it around the nipple. That you have to have it around the nipple because the nipple has to be moved. And then the question is how much more you have in addition to that. You can have it with a straight line down or an anchor. And the bottom line is, Toby, the more scarring you have, the more skin you remove. So the more of a lift that you get. And the problem with just having it around the nipple, personally, and this is a personal view, and I know it's not shared by everybody, but personally, I don't like the circumareola, um, so-called Benelli lift. I think it's good if you just got your areolas too big. Fine. You can reduce the areola by doing that. But to actually use it as a breast lift, I don't think it gives a very good lift. And I don't really do it as a breast lift. Um, the scar is quite puckered because you're taking a donut of skin out and you're cinching that donut in and it just, just it, it flattens the breast. It doesn't give a great shape and I don't particularly like it and I can't get good results in my hands. So therefore, I would pretty much always put that um, uh, vertical scar in. Um, so you would always have the lollipop. Uh, particularly when you're doing a lift and implants, I often will do the lollipop. Now, if you're doing a lift on its own, 
you the lollipop removes skin in a side to side direction as well as well as removing skin around the nipple so it tightens the skin in a side to side direction but it doesn't tighten the skin in an up down direction and if you look at the side when you do a when you do a lift if you look at the side view there's often too much skin in an up down direction as well as uh, the width of the breast it's often too much skin if you look at the side view and so what happens to that skin well what you do is you pucker it with that vertical scar so you pucker it up and you pull it up and you cinch it up to make it to make it as short as possible now in my experience you often get rucks and folds particularly at the bottom of the scar dog ears and so i will often convert it to a short t um it's not a full anchor but it's a short t little little scar in the fold just to take that little bit of scar skin out in the up down direction so i would often i think the best results from a lift in my hands a lift on its own comes with a short t if i'm using implants then the implants themselves will take up some skin so there's perhaps less skin to take up when you're doing a lift with implants so i might not do the uh, the horizontal extension and i might just do a circum vertical but i would normally warn people there might be a little horizontal extension just to get rid of that little dog here at the bottom so yeah if you don't want the scarring um i don't know of any other way of doing it without the scarring particularly you know around the nipple and down which is the more obvious one to be honest with you because that's the thing about the horizontal the horizontal one you can't see usually so it's the least obvious of the lot so you know being able to avoid the horizontal scar is less of a you know if you could avoid one of the other two two scars it would probably be um more favorable um how long do results of the uplift last thank you for all this information so what i normally say to people toby is it re resets you back to a better place but it doesn't lock you in that place forever so you will continue to age from that point up from the day of surgery onwards your breasts won't stay there you know first of all they start like that and then they settle but even when they settle they do still you know they will droop over time now the thing that you can do to accelerate that is weight fluctuations in children so i always tell people to avoid weight fluctuations in children after having a lift because if you do either of those things put on and lose weight stretches the skin or have children the skin stretches and then it droops again um so those will accelerate it so if you don't put on and lose weight how long will it last i don't know toby um 10 years i don't know i'm guessing it just it just resets you back to a better place but if you hadn't had the surgery in 10 years time you would have been worse than you would be if you'd had the surgery because it's reset you back and then you age from there whereas if you hadn't had the surgery you would have aged from your sort of droopy position to 10 years that makes sense so it's sort of so i think of it more of resetting the clock back and then you carry on aging obviously if you don't have surgery you'll carry on aging anyway we can't stop aging we just have to try and you know bring you back to a better place but then you'll carry on living and aging from there um i'm 26 size 7 34 e boobs and want a really high full look i don't want implants i don't want kids either so um the way the first thing is you're a difficult case toby because um if you the the bigger your breasts the more they'll be acted on by gravity as i say it sets you back to a better place but then they will droop over time um the bigger they are the more they'll droop over time <clears throat> so to give you a more long lasting effect you would have a reduction now that would obviously make your breast smaller now you might say i don't want breasts to be smaller in which case fine don't have a reduction just have a lift but you'll have a heavier weight of breast that will be acted on by gravity and so they will droop over time the other thing is you've got to be really careful toby whoever you speak to uh, in terms of having surgery 
to be realistic about the results you can expect to get because obviously you want a full high lift because you're having an um, you're having an uplift and obviously by definition you want them fuller and higher because that's what an uplift does the problem in my experience is a lot of people have in their minds what a breast implants can do so breast implants can give fullness up into the upper part of the breast which stays there the breast uplift when you're not using implants it doesn't stay there so it's there when you first have it done they're up there and you think happy days i'm really happy with this but then over time it settles and so you've got to be prepared for that settling and what i always say is a more natural shape so this is out of a bra you can wear bras and push them up and do all sorts which you can probably do now but um out of a bra when you've had an uplift there, there is often a bit of a concavity in the upper pole and it does settle so as I say, I would call it a natural look, but it just be a bit wary when you're saying, I want a really high full look. It's really hard slash impossible, I would say, to get a really high full look with an uplift without implants. So it's, it, is, um, it is something to bear in mind that it may not be as high and as full as you'd like. It's basically what I put to you. So you might be paying thousands of pounds because I often see people say, I've had an uplift and I need another one because it's like drooped and I need another one, it's terrible. And I look at it, I'm like, that looks all right to me. And I think they weren't um, counseled before the uplift as to what could be achieved, because I'm like, that's a good uplift. That's what uplifts look like. And they've got in their mind what implants look like with having breasts up here. I'm like, you can't you can't do that with an uplift. So um, hmm. Louise is on the Facebook, and then we've got Laureen on the um, Instagram. What's the risk of developing a keloid scar on a breast lift? Very um, rare, thank goodness, Louise. So it's very rare to get a keloid scar on a breast lift. Now, there's a couple of things which will increase your risk of getting a keloid scar. One is your skin type. So it's more common in Afro-Caribbean um, skin types. It's more common in certain areas. So when you have a scar in your sternum, on your shoulder, those that they call it the sort of cape area, that's a higher risk of getting a keloid scar. The breast uplift scars are not a common place for a keloid scar. Um, the other thing is if you've got a history in your family of keloid scarring or in yourself, if you've got a keloid scar elsewhere on your body, you're increasing your risk of keloid scarring. And the other thing is delayed wound healing will increase your risk, not so much of keloid, but hypertrophic scarring, which is the same sort of thing. It's on the same spectrum. And particularly at that T-junction, you can get delayed wound healing. You can get wound breakdown. It's the tightest point, so it often takes a while to heal. And so that might get hypertrophic, maybe not keloid, but hypertrophic, which is red and raised. It usually doesn't matter so much because it's sort of hidden underneath there. But that is a risk that that scar might be a bit more red and raised than we'd like. But as I say, the breast tends to fall on it and it doesn't be, it doesn't um, end up being too obvious. Um, but that, that is a risk. Um, yeah. Uh, Laureen. Laureen uh, had a tummy tuck nearly two years ago and the scar seems to seems to have sunk in slightly making a bulge above and on pubic area can i get this fixed yes laureen that is um yeah that's a problem with scars that they can pucker in and make the bulge look above higher yes so yes laureen is the is the is the um answer i don't recognize your name if you are my patient by all means come to clinic and we'll talk about it if you're not i would say go to your surgeon to talk about it because i'm sure he or she would be happy to have a look at it the um Broadly speaking, uh, probably the, depending on how you are in terms of your weight and the abdominal contour, probably the easiest way to fix that would be to, to do like a mini tummy tuck, which would be to, to revise the central part of the scar and bring some fat over it to try and uh, get a bit of fat underneath the scar. 
Um, if you haven't got enough for a mini tummy tuck, then you could just have a pure scar revision, but it is hard to revise these sunken in scars and lift them up again because <clears throat> you have to basically try and get some fat over the top of it. So if you did have a bit of fullness in your abdomen, probably the best would be to do a mini tummy tuck and try and get some fat over the, over the top of the scar to get some padding between the scar and the underlying tissues to, to fix this, uh, this, uh, dent. I know exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, that's, uh, that, you know, might, might well be possible. Laureen. Toby says size eight to stop that. Would you recommend an implant too? I wouldn't necessarily say I'd recommend an implant Toby, but yes, yes, basically. But if you're an E cup, I'm not sure whether you want an implant. You know, do you want to be bigger? That's the main thing I say to you. Do you want to be bigger? If you don't want to be bigger, I wouldn't take on an implant. I would say my advice would probably be I would accept the shape that you can get with a lift with implant uh, with a lift on its own. I would accept that shape and move on. And if you didn't accept it, you could always have implants later on. Now you could have a lift in implants, but it would increase the risks. It increases the complications, and um, uh, and it makes your breast bigger. Uh, neither of those, and any neither slash. What do you say for neither for more than two things? None, none of those things you want. So, um, yeah, I would, um, I would think about that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend having implants, uh, Toby, but it would be a discussion to be had. And then the other thing you get into, I keep on meaning to write a blog about this because I get asked it so often. The other thing you think about <clears throat> is some people talk about reducing the breast so let's say you're 34e or whatever it, well, i can't remember what the number was but an e-cup and you're happy being an e-cup but you want the fullness up there that an implant can give they actually people talk about doing a breast reduction and then replacing the volume that they've removed with an implant so you end up the same size but the shape's better because you've got implant in there plus minus technique or i, I don't i gotta be honest i don't like it I don't like it. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like the idea um, of taking out healthy breast tissue and replacing it with implant. But it is a thing, and some people do like it, and some people do do it, and they, you know, people talk about it and have presented work on it and that stuff. So there are people out there who think it's a good thing. So, and there may be a, a market for it, and people like yourself, if you're happy being an E cup and you don't want to be bigger, um, my advice would probably be avoid an implant if you can. I use a lot of implants, but if you can avoid an implant, I would. That would be my advice, um, not Rory, Toby. Um, so do you not do that? I mean, I don't advise it, Toby. I don't advise it. I don't, you know, um, you know, never say never. But uh, I just, I just quite, quite, um, quite open about how, you know, what I do and what my principles are and things. And I'll do what's right for the patient. So we'll have a discussion. But I, you know, I'm. I'm not a, a great advocate of it, should we say. So, um, you know, I know other people have had done this. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a thing. It is a thing to reduce breast. It just doesn't sit well with me, reducing natural breast tissue and replacing with implant. But that's just me. Uh, maybe I should get over it and uh, do what the patient wants, which I do, will do what the patient wants. But, you know, I just uh, that's my view. I would say, look, it depends on, you know, you might be happy with the shape of a, of the lift but you know you might not um do you do in li online consultations yes i do a i do and you can book them online Lorraine. um but yes i do go to the website standoplasticsurgery.co.uk and you can book an online consultation or give us a ring and we can sort one out um you do them on thursday afternoons uh what's the risk of you know 
Kimberly's in the house. Hello, Kimberly. Long time no see. Hope you're well. It's six weeks today since my operation. When can I wear a proper bra? Is it six weeks, Kimberly? Who'd have thought it? It's six weeks since. Um, who's that outside? <laughs> you can wear a proper bar now, Kimberly. <clears throat> Not sure about the term proper bra, Kimberly. But yeah, you can wear a uh, proper bra now. Um, oh, the only thing I would say, see how you feel. If it's still uncomfortable, if it's still swollen, if the bra rubs on your scar, then go back to your post-op bra. But you can you can think you can start thinking about it and trying a, a proper a, you know a, a wired bra. The other thing, Kimberly, is that some people will um uh wear a wired bra especially in the nice weather um because they don't want the big straps of the, of the post-op bras but if the wire does irritate you can take the wire out some people do that so that's an option maybe um but yeah now uh since i'm six weeks louise would i have to wear non-wired after surgery if so how long um what was the surgery again, Louise? Uh, was it the answer is yes, because by surgery you do need to to wear a, a bra, uh, and normally it's like four to six weeks. Can't remember what's what's the rest of it. Okay, on breast lift. So yeah, four to six weeks um, non-wired bra, uh, Louise, and then you can go back to wired ones. But so, particularly with the breast lift, sometimes the wire irritates the scar down there, so you might want to wear it for longer. But um, yeah, supports supports bra, Louise supports bra yeah um donna would you do a large implant if requested for example current is 550 would you replace with bigger no no i wouldn't donna i wouldn't do bigger than 550 i think um I just, it's just not my thing, Donna. I just, you know, these really big implants are, are when people get, in, you know, you get into the custom custom made implants and putting implants in that are wider than your frame and things. I, ju I just can't make it look good. So it's just not my thing. So, no, I do sometimes get people who want, you know, 800 cc's, <clears throat> 1600 cc's we've had. We've had people wanting really big implants. And I just, it's just, uh, no, I wouldn't, uh, Donna. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, Kimberly, hi, JJ, hi, Kimberly, YH. YH, not sure what YH is. Uh, wired, wired, wired bra, you mean, yeah. Okay, Brill, thank you. I'm off bra shopping Thursday. Go for it, Kimberly. Okay, thank you. What was Louise? Oh, one on wired. Um, <laughs> oh, that's good. She's not angry. thought she might be angry. Oh, good. I'm glad you're laughing, Donna. You're not angry. Um, well, yeah, well, can't, can't Kimberly, I'll tell you. Don't do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, there's a bee at the window. Right. Um, don't do it. I agree with you. I had nothing. My surgeon was amazing. Simon Smith with mine. 550cc unders, now an F cup. I'm tempted to try bigger eventually. They're proportionate now, but always curious. Um, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be that curious if I was you, Donna. I would stick where you are, but, you know, it's your body, so you have to do what you think's right. You know, it's very common for people to want to be bigger, very common. To, and, and what happens when people are happy, they often want to be bigger. 
because they often ha have in their mind what they've got but bigger and i always say to them if you go bigger you're not going to have what you've got but bigger you'll have it'll be different it'll either be wider or it'll be fuller and you know if it's wider you can get a web between your breasts you can start arms start sticking out it might not look as good so just be careful what you wish for donna is what i would say to you but you know have you know surgeons have all got different views and you might find someone who um might be able to help you but i don't think it's going to be me donna sorry to say but there's not some other great guys and girls out there um kimberly 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 did me talk to kimberly donna talk to kimberly before you, you go bigger um donna very tall and broad not the barbie boobs uh say as you are donna i made the mistake went to 500 big mistake right yes um charlotte i currently have implants but pregnancy stroke breastfeeding has given me the waterfall effect so i now need a lift the surgeon has told me if i want to minimize scarring he could try and get away with a donut lift with large extra profile implants this seemed like it could be a problem in the future in regards to future sagging stretching are donut lifts worth it oh well charlotte um are donut lifts worth it? i mean i think that's not a bad plan to be quite honest with you charlotte uh, as long as you want to be bigger, because basically what's happened, Charlotte, is you've had children, you've breastfed, the skin has been stretched. So you've got too much skin. So that's what's giving you the waterfall effect. You've had an implant there and you've got your breast falling off the implant. So you've got too much skin. So you, you need that skin either to be removed, which is what the lift will do, or a bigger implant to take up the slack, if you like. So... Um, or a combination and so the donut lift doesn't remove as much skin as the other types of lift but maybe if that's combined with a bigger implant that might take up some of the slack so on paper charlotte on on um screen that looks like a good plan or, or that that reason i don't know if it's a good plan because i don't know anything about you and i don't know anything about you know your breast shape or anything like that but just that it makes sense to me that makes uh that makes sense what your surgeon has has, has recommended there I was just, and, and then you're saying are donut lifts worth it i mean i i don't do donut lifts so i'm probably not the person to ask if donut lifts are worth it well you can ask me and i'll say no i don't i don't think they're very good um so there you go no i don't i don't think they're good but that, they're being done out there in the world and presumably they're they, they're patients who are happy with them otherwise they wouldn't be keep on being done so there's obviously a place for them and i think um you know mr benelli obviously thought it was a good thing because he made a career out of it so um you know i mean I, i'm just saying i don't think that i can get a very good lift from them that's what i would say so but if your surgeon thinks they can get a good lift from a donut lift then uh happy days and if they particularly got you some photos who say look these people have had donut lifts and they've got nice results crack on um but um i can understand why people want it because it's less scarring but yeah so good good that's a nice question charlotte must take you a while to type that in thank you for persevering with the typing and uh yeah sounds like a reasonable plan and um you know if the surgeon sounds reasonable seems like a good person then um you know might be something assuming you want to be bigger as well larry says hello with lots of o's hello i'm not sure emoji larry calm down calm down um right i've got a question here how long do i need to wear a sport bra then 
what is best type of route to follow? Okay, so four to six weeks is the normal is the norm uh, after breast uh, surgery, whether it be augmentation or reduction or lift. And um, I say that to everybody. So listen to your body's the answer, guys. If it feels tight, if it feels swollen, if it feels uncomfortable, and you want to carry on wearing your sport bra, then carry on. But I normally say day and night for a month, and then see how you feel. And if you, you know, if you want to start going with a normal bra, then fine. So then after that, what is the best type of bra to follow on with? Well, a normal type of bra. So like a bra with a wire on, you know. Um, and as I say, some people take the wire out of the bra. Did I say that? I meant to say that earlier. I'm not sure if I said it. But yeah, some people take the wire out of a wired bra if you want to wear the, the um, the the um, the, the look of a normal bra because the sport bras have got big wide straps and everything. Um, but yeah, just just a normal bra, wired or no. Donatron has moved on to Instagram. So Donatron, getting the numbers up, Donna. That's what we need. We need a bit of doubling up the numbers. Let's get the figures up. Yeah. Larry J, please can I ask? I'm I've got to get that off because otherwise it's confusing. Um, oh no, oh, sorry. Right. Larry J, please can I ask? I'm considering a breast reduction, but hoping to try again for another child in the future. Is it necessary to wait until finishing having a family before having a reduction? Is it necessary? No, Larry J. It's absolutely fine to have a breast reduction now. But the problem is that if you have a breast reduction now and then you have another child, um, as I said earlier, the two things that can do it to you, Larry J, are having children and putting on and losing weight. Those two things will both stretch the skin of your breast. And if you stretch the skin of your breast, it can droop again. So a breast reduction, a lift is part of a reduction. So it can droop again if you have children after having a breast reduction. There's no problem with having children, but it can droop again. Also, as well as drooping, sometimes when people have children, the breasts get bigger and stay bigger. Sometimes they get bigger, then they get smaller than they were pre-op. So it's unpredictable what happens to the size. It's unpredictable what happens to the shape. They might change size, they might change shape. So because it's unpredictable, the advice would be don't do it if you, you know, if you can. The other thing is you've got to be aware of you might not be able to breastfeed after having a breast reduction. You might, but you might not. You, we have to keep a certain amount of tissue going to the nipple when you do a breast reduction. And that tissue carries the blood supply, the nerve supply and the milk ducts. And we can't see that. that. We can't see the blood supply and the nerve supply and the milk ducts. We just have to hope there's enough in there. So you might not be able to breastfeed after a breast reduction. So if breastfeeding is important to you and you want a long lasting result, I would say to you, finish your family first. If you're like, I'm not sure whether I'm going to have more children. I'm getting real, a lot of discomfort. I want to have the breast reduction now. You can have it now. There's no problem. It's just that you might um, uh, you might have problems with the shape later on or the size and the shape later on if it changes. Um, so, yeah. That's my advice. Donatron, this is my surgery account. I should watch here, not Facebook, really. Donatron, whatever. You can watch with whatever, whatever you want. Do it both, Donatron. Let's get the numbers. Come on. Thank you, Lowry, for asking the question. Donatron, I had very little breast tissue and breastfed, which made my skin so much more saggy. Yeah, well, that's the problem. It does do that. But, I mean, obviously, breastfeeding is good. So look on the bright side. But it can affect the shape of your breasts. Um, Problem with life, isn't it? It's always, you know, the yin and the yang. Um, okay. I'm on maternity leave. Isn't now a good time to have a tummy tuck stroke mummy makeover? 
Um, well, I, it was very common for people to want to have tummy tucks and mummy makeovers when they're on maternity leave uh, for two reasons. One, they've obviously just had a child, so their skin would have been stretched by the child. So they're obviously thinking, oh, God, I need to have the skin tightened, but also because they're off. Um, and it's usual that you're off for a year with uh, maternity leave. The prob So I can totally understand why people want to have it while they're on maternity leave. The problem is that... I normally say to people, wait at least six months and ideally a year before having surgery because your body needs time to recover the shape of your body, your breasts and your tummy can recoil to some degree. The body will be in a hypercoagulable state when you have a child. So it's increasing your risk of DVTs and, and clots in your legs, which can fly off into your lungs and cause extreme problems. So you really need to reduce that. So you need to wait a certain amount of time after having a child. And I would say personally, the minimum is six months after having a child before I would consider it. The other problem is you've obviously, obviously got a small child. So, um, you know, you've got a six month old child by definition. So you've got to think about looking after the child. So, uh, you know, usually around a year, it's better because the child's walking and maybe a bit more easier to manage, although obviously the child will be heavier. But um, I normally say a year is better. But people often want it before then because their maternity is going to run out, etc., which I totally understand. So it's about balancing it, really, um, and, and doing what's, you know, what's right for you. Hold on a minute. What's going on? Um, are donut lifts worth it? So Charlotte's got here. Charlotte's here. Charlotte's got a mum with her. Um, and mum's asked to send in a question. So Charlotte's doing a question on Charlotte's mum. This is Charlotte's mum asking this question. Um so Charlotte's mum's had breast augmentation surgery twice, both times developing severe capsular contracture. She's having the surgery for a third time and is having the implants under the muscle this time, but the surgery is putting in textured implants to try and minimise the risk of capsular contracture happening again. If someone has had it twice already, are the chances of it happening a third time pretty high? Charlotte, tell your mum, yes, they are. The risk goes up every time, Charlotte, and that is the vicious circle with breast implants that um you and that is the problem with capsular contracture the capsular contracture is scar tissue around the implant and every time we do surgery we create more scar tissue and if you do surgery to do a capsulectomy which is removing that scar tissue that creates even more scar than the first operation just put the implants in so it gets worse and worse every time basically so it is a it is a a bad situation now the best thing you can do in my view for capsular contracture is polyurethane foam implants so textured cell so textured implants yes have got less of a risk of capsular contracture than smooth implants for, for show but um polyurethane implants have got a significantly lower risk of capsular contracture than textured implants and I would have thought your surgeon should have at least spoken to you about those, especially if you're having the surgery for the third time. This is where polyurethane implants really come in. And I think they're really good. Having said that, I know that not all surgeons use them. They are quite hard to use. And there is a bit of a learning curve with them. And they've got a high rate of uh, ALCL, which is a cancer associated with implants. So they have got a higher rate of that than textured implants you've got a higher rate of that than smooth implants so the alcl seems to be related to the roughness of the implants so it does increase your risk of alcl but alcl is an extremely rare cancer and it's curable um but it's out there so it's a balance um but uh, in my experience um this is where polyurethane implants come in third time breast augmentation especially if he's getting you know if the 
the length of time between your operations is getting closer and closer. If you're getting a capsule contracture quicker and quicker each time, you think, God, where's this going to end? Um, uh, and, and you get these people who are just, you know. But anyway, the, and, and putting them under the muscle, yes, will help <clears throat> to a degree. But, um, yeah, it's a problem, Charlotte. And uh, wish your mum well with that. And I would at least think about polyurethane foam implants or at least ask the question for a third time. Um, surgery but it may be that your 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 um, surgeon doesn't use them or, or whatever but i think we we have a you know we're supposed to tell people about all the options so that is an option good question charlotte well done you two nice questions there but um i hope everything's all right with yourself and your mum um uh here we go can i go on holiday 10 days abroad 10 days after surgery um no no. Well, can I? Well, you can, I guess. No one's going to stop you at the at the border. No one's going to say you've had surgery. You're not going to have a surgery scanner, you know. So you can, but I wouldn't. Ten days, that'd be ridiculous. I, mean, I guess it depends on the surgery. I mean, if you have a like mole removed from your, you know, from your arm or something. But even then, to be honest with you. So I guess it doesn't depend on the surgery, actually. No, it doesn't depend on the surgery. No, I wouldn't go abroad. I would not go a holiday abroad or 10 days after surgery. Um, early days, risk of infection, risk of problems, wound problems, all sorts. Um, my normal advice is six weeks is a minimum. But as I, but as I say, if you have to, if something happens, if you, you know, your, your father's ill or your mother's ill or your brother's ill, you know, you can go. They're not going to stop you getting on the plane. So you can do it. But, uh, but if you ask the question, can I, you know, I would say I would advise you not to um charlotte's back in the house thanks for answering our questions it's nice to have a live surgeon to answer these another one are drains really necessary some use some don't good question charlotte and it just shows you doesn't it it's the thing with plastic surgery um um everybody you know you all you, everyone's got different views and um as a general rule charlotte we're moving away from drains so we are moving away from drains and certainly for most breast surgery, I've uh, moved away from using drains. It's just for the bigger breast reductions, I use it. And I do still use them for tummy tucks. Um, patients don't last, patients don't like drains, fact. You know, if you if you, use, if you, you offer a patient a drain or not, particularly if they've had a drain before, they will say not. It's a not a nice thing to have removed. And it's all a bit like, you know, so... So are they really necessary? Well, that, you know, obviously people who don't use them think not. People who use them think they are. Um, I think I think we will move away from them. I am moving away from them. I'm trying to quilt down, not trying, I am quilting down my tummy tucks to so trying to get less drainage. But I'm not, yeah, that, I'm not there yet with my tummy tucks and my bigger breast reductions. I am with everything else. I do think there is a bit of a dead space. I do think they will reduce the risk of seroma, which is wound fluid coming. So I do use them for some operations, but, you know, it's a discussion to be had. And I don't think if your surgeon's using them, he's wrong. And I don't think if he's not using them, he's wrong. There is a, you know, there is a, a camp in sort of the plastic surgery world going both ways. And there are some very good surgeons who use them, very good surgeons who don't use them. So, yeah, as I say, I've, you know, things like breast augmentations, breast lifts, breast um, lifts with implants and things, I, I don't use them, but bigger and smaller breast reductions, I don't use them, but I hope that's helpful. So Charlotte, Charlotte's got some good questions, hasn't she? Um, another one, lol, sorry, I use sunbeds. Not good, Charlotte. 
I'm not going to condone that. I never know what condone means. Does condone mean support it or go against it? I'm not going to support it. So maybe I'm not going to support that, Charlotte. Do not support the use of sunbeds. It's bad for you. And when you have a lift slash implants replaced, how long do I have to stay off the beds? Can I just take the scars and still go on them? Yeah. Charlotte, just take the scars or wear a bra. Yeah. <clears throat> the problem with the, the, the problem is getting a tan on the scars while they're active, which is usually the first three to six months. So for the first three to six months, you don't want to get a tan, whether that be on a sunbed or in real life. So yeah, wear a bra or take your take your scars up. It might look a bit weird. You have a weird pattern of um, suntan, but uh, yeah, you don't you don't do do that. Take them up or or cover them for three to six months while they're red and active, and then when they fade, then you can get a get a tan on it. Um, good questions, Charlotte. Can I have a BBR with a BMI thirty seven? I would probably. In the, in the interest of doing a straightforward yes or no answer, I'd probably say no to that. I think a BMI of twenty of 37 is too high. Um, now, we do work on a BMI guide, but it is just a guide. And the guide we normally work on is 30. So obviously, 37 is quite a lot higher than 30. But having said that, we do also operate on people who have BMIs above 30 because it is a guide. It is not a, a hard written rule. And what we're looking for is weight loss. Ideally, you want to have lost weight. You want to be in a weight losing. You want to be going down rather than going up. Um, and you've got to be happy and stable with your weight, really. If you're not happy with your weight, and I understand it. People say, oh, I've got all this weight on my chest. I want to get it off because then I'll be able to exercise and you know, I'll be in a much better position to lose weight once I've had my breast reduction. I totally understand that argument. But the problem is if you lose weight after the breast reduction, you're going to have a worse result because your breast will droop because when we do a breast reduction we do a a lift is part of it we make the skin as tight as we can but if then you went and lost a significant amount of weight afterwards they droop again also the size would change to an unpredictable degree a lot might come off your breasts none might come off your breasts it's unpredictable how your breasts change size when your weight changes so you'd have an unpredictable weight effect on the size an unpredictable effect on the shape and You've got a higher risk of complications with a BMI above 30. So put all those things together. I think 37 is too much, unfortunately. I think you really want to get it down, you know, certainly below 35. But, you know, 31, 32, I think would be high for doing this sort of surgery, but more reasonable than 37, ideally. And the other thing is, if you want to lose weight, even if your BMI is below 30, I would also advise you to lose weight first, even if you've got a BMI 28. If you want to lose weight, I'd say lose weight first because you're going to get a better result, more long-lasting result if you don't have weight fluctuations after the surgery. Uh, would you remove a fibroadenoma? No, I would not remove a fibroadenoma. So a fibroadenoma, also known as a breast mouse, is a lump in the breast. It's a benign lump in the breast. It's totally nothing to worry about. But if you have a lump in the breast, you would need to see a breast surgeon uh, which is a general surgeon. It's a subspecialty of general surgery is breast surgery. So I'm a plastic surgeon. So my title would be plastic surgeon rather than breast surgeon, although I pretty much only do breast, um, but I do cosmetic breasts and I do, <clears throat> in terms of um, cancer work, I would just do reconstruction. I don't do any of the, if someone has a lump in their breast, they don't come and see me. Well, you can come and see me, but if it's not your implant, 
and if it's a lump of your breast tissue, I will refer you to a breast surgeon, a different type of surgeon who deals with lumps in the breast, who does, they do the biopsies, they do the investigations, the scanning and all that sort of um, treatments. And if you had to have a lump removed, they would do it. So they would remove the fibroma. I wouldn't go removing breast lumps, whether they be benign or malignant, that would be a breast surgeon. And then if it came to reconstruction, I would be involved in the reconstruction, but not in the excision, not in the removal of. I know it's confusing. I know it's confusing. I had uh, I had Cinemed breast implants. So in 2012, I had breast augmentation with Cinemed breast implants. I've recently found out that they have been discontinued and wanted to know if I should be worried. Um, no, you should not be worried. You're absolutely right. Cinemed breast implants have been uh, discontinued because there was a problem in the factory in America. Um, so Silimed make polyurethane foam implants or used to make polyurethane foam implants. So there used to be two companies, Silimed and Polytech. But as, as, as um, this patient rightly says, Silimed no longer exist. And now so there's only one company that make polyurethane implants, and that's Poly Polytech. Um, so Cinemed was a good company. They made polyurethane implants as well as silicone implants. And they made, they were one of the few companies, one of only three companies to have approval to do, uh, make implants in America. And they had a factory in America, which were making silicone implants, not polyurethane implants, silicone implants. And they found that there was an increased level of silica uh, from the implants and also of cotton on the implants the um, inspectors of the factory found these levels were unacceptably high uh, and they basically ended up shutting down the factory. They lost their FDA approval to, to make implants in America and they subsequently um, went, went down basically as a company. Now, um, the advice was there's no problem with the implants. Uh, there's no need to have the implants removed. Uh, there's no particular problem with them. Um, and there's nothing to worry about. So it's, yes, I, you know, I think they were good implants. I did use them myself, um, not, not huge numbers, but I did use, did use some Cinemed implants and I found them to be very good implants. And there's no, you know, there's no, nothing to be done if you have implants in. Uh, you just have to look out for, the other thing is ALCL, which I said earlier, has got a higher rate, particularly if it's a polyurethane foam implants, which are very rough, it's got a higher rate of ALCL. So if you um, I always tell people to look out for a lump or a swelling in the breast, uh, which is how ALCL will present. Now, I've got to be honest with you, because there's a breast there as well. If you do, if you do have a lump or a swelling, it's statistically significantly more likely to be a problem with your breast than your implant. But nevertheless, if you get a lump in your breast, forget whether it's implant or, or breast, you need to seek help, whether it be from your plastic surgeon or from your GP or whatever, to be investigated to see if it's implant or or breast, but there's no need to do that more than you would have if Silamed hadn't been discontinued, for instance. So um, if you had a different type of polyurethane implant or whether you had a Silamed silicone implant, um, you know, all women with implants need to be aware of ALCL and uh, the risk if they get a lump or a swelling, they need to seek help, um, but nothing over and above anyone else. So the bottom line is no, you shouldn't, you're not, you shouldn't be worried. You should keep an eye on your breasts, which you should do anyway. Look out for lumps or swellings and seek help if you get one. But uh, there's no need to have those implants removed or changed or anything like that. They should be absolutely fine. Full disclosure, guys, this is the last question. You heard me, the last question. So if you've got any questions, please um, <clears throat> chip in. 
how long after having implants can I exercise? Well, I normally say up at about walking, none of this bread rest anymore. That's old fashioned, man. We don't do bread rest. We, you know, up and about straight away. Um, so um, walking and, you know, moving about the house is absolutely fine straight off the bat. Um, but exercising suggesting a little bit more than walking to me. So, um, you know, what I normally say uh, is you will see you a week. We'll take your dressings off, check your wound. So the, the, the numbers that I give when people ask these questions are very generic numbers, the same numbers I say to everybody. So uh, you've got to titrate it to how you're feeling and how your own body, body is reacting. So um, I normally say we see you a week, see how you're feeling. Uh, two weeks, um, after two weeks, you'll be able to start doing the, the, the bike, lower body, the bike and the, and the, um, the stepper, what's it called? The um, cross trainer, the cross trainer. Um, is it called a cross trainer? You know, the thing, with, but not with the arms, just the legs, gently. So when I say do the bike, I don't mean doing a spin class, right? Just gently doing um, doing lower body stuff after two weeks, but nothing upper body. Because you make whether they're on top of or behind the muscle, you're going to make it swell if you start doing upper body stuff. And normally say four to six weeks before you do upper body stuff and then start with it. And a lot of this is just listening to your body. See how you feel. If it hurts, if it swells, back off, if it doesn't carry on. So at four to six weeks, you're not going to do any harm by doing upper body stuff, as long as you don't go in crazy with big weight lifting and stuff like that. So just go in gently and see how you feel. Give it a bit of time, because sometimes there's a delayed reaction. You'll do a bit in the gym and then you get home and think, oh, crikey, I'm swollen. I shouldn't have done that. So don't go crazy and do some kind of, you know, class or something. Just do it on your own quietly, a bit of exercise at about four to six weeks. And then, you know, if it feels OK, ramp it up. That's me as well. Other surgeons might have different regimes. That's what I tell people. Two weeks lower body stuff, uh, four to six weeks before you do anything with the upper body, and then start gently and, and work up. That is how long after exercise you can implant. How long after implants you can exercise. Um, that's it. I'm out of questions. I uh, time check 8.07. Okay, so we should be getting the second episode in. So what is it then? Any any more for any more? What you got? Anyone got any questions? Any questions? Facebook, Instagram, any questions? No? Okay. On that note, Jackie, beginning and end. God, there's got to be some kind of award. I've got to give you something, Jackie. You've got to give you something to put on the wall. Look at that. I wish I could do something, Jackie. Can I do something? Can I like? Oh, God. Report the comment. No, I don't want to do that. Go live. Oh, God. Um, thanks, Jackie. Thanks for being here. Thanks for keeping the numbers up. Uh, next Tuesday, I'm assuming, God willing, I will be back here for more of the same. Jackie, you can have a night, night off next Tuesday. God knows you deserve it. But, you know, if you, if you want, I will be here next Tuesday with more of the same. You've got any questions, post them to me um and i will do my very best oh look at that sim judd's in sim judd how's the mummy makeover list looking mm. better better it is looking better i mean it's a problem sim judd i mean i was at joy Witch today actually funny you should say that i was there this morning and, and joy Witch spa is the hospital one of the few hospitals where i can do um mummy makeovers i wasn't doing a mummy makeover i was doing a short case they only gave me a short slot this morning um but 
I mean, it's looking better. It's not. It's not looking that. You know, it's looking better. But we still haven't got you know like every week list like we used to. Um, we're a little bit limited. We've also got Parkway. So Droit, which is, is the main place, we've also got Parkway, but there's a bit of an issue with Parkway in terms of liposuction. We're limited how much liposuction we can do at Parkway, so that limits the cases we can do at Parkway. Um, so it's the answer is, is coming back, Simone. Are you on the waiting list then? So if you're on the list and we haven't contacted you, please give us a ring or message me on Instagram or something and just say what's going on because I'll get them to have a look what's going on with you and um, because it has I know that there's been a lot of people from the lockdown period who um, particularly with the mummy makeovers have been waiting but it's looking better we are definitely doing them again so obviously for a period we weren't doing them um, so we're definitely doing them again and we are definitely getting dates so we're getting quite a lot of dates at Parkway although, although as I say we're limited in terms of the liposuction at Parkway Joint, which we get fewer dates, but we're not limited to so much as to what we can do there. So it's looking good, and hopefully we can get um, dates for people um, relatively soon. And if we haven't, um, actually, Simone, don't bother messaging me. We can message me, but I'm going to make a note that we should look at you and say, why haven't we told you? Because it's a bit bad that you're coming on here asking me we should have told you, shouldn't we? So I'll do it on my phone, which is <laughs> so Simone, I'll get them to um, get in touch with you tomorrow and say this is what's going on. But it is looking better. I mean, not that we've got loads, you know, but we are starting to get them through now. So hopefully we can start um, dealing with the patients who are on the waiting list. But thanks for asking. Thanks for thanks for that, Simone. I will get them to do that tomorrow. If I don't, come back next week and say, you told me you were going to get them to do it tomorrow and humiliate me live on TV. No, don't do that. No, but I will. I'll do it tomorrow. Good. Christ, I've got to remember that now. Right, good. Right, okay. So, any other people waiting for surgery? We've not heard anything? Anyone else? No? Good. Just Simone. Right, okay, good. So, see you next week. And, Simone, I'll get my people to call your people tomorrow. I'm going to check out of here, if that's all. Checking out. Good night. God bless. See you next week. End the video. Share to IGG. What happens if I click this button on Facebook? What happens if... God. What's happened there? Anyway, don't know why I did that. Okay, Facebook, I will see you next week. And uh, love you lots. Bye. Have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.